What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we dissect and talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? A touch of humor and hum- and, and humility, I might add, this week. because Humility? Why? Uh? Why so humble week, today? This week is a tough topic. It's a tough, tough, tough topic, man. Yeah, it's so tough that it's a topic that we touched on briefly in the previous episode, but today yeah. we're going to dive deep, man. We're going to dive, I mean, uh, yeah, dive deep, correct, yes, dive yeah, deep. Yeah, we, we were just joking before we hit record that the lead up to this recording felt like it was uh, an exam that we had not studied for uh, yeah. and just, just trying to cram, cram, cram. But <laughs> but I mean, I think, I, I think I, I'm quite happy with how much I crammed into my head. I'll probably yeah. forget it in a few hours. Correct, correct, yeah. Statistics, statistics, lies, lies, statistics. and damn statistics. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anything to plug? Anything to plug? We haven't, we haven't plugged anything for a while, right? Uh, yeah, we haven't actually done a good plug in a while. Um, yeah, is there anything you want to plug? No, I mean as always. Uh, I think uh, our podcast, thankfully, is getting, you know, getting noticed by a lot, a lot more people that I never expected to notice. Exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, I also thank our guests, you know, like Fakafaz and Sudhir, or who also spread the news about the podcast. But but it's it's just been a interesting couple of months, like You know, in terms of there's just so much to. I never expected we so much of our podcast would be talking about politics and politics. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Suddenly, I feel like wow, a lot politics. of people expect us. They expect us to. To 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 know know our unpack, shit, man. Uh, yeah, unpack yeah. everything. But yeah, yeah like literally ahead so, of this. Yeah, so ahead uh, of this you podcast, like it, you gotta. Uh, okay, let me finish my plug. So if okay, you okay. like it, if you like this kind of content, <laughs> please reward our efforts by just, uh, yeah, just telling one other person to to check it out, lah. Yeah. Yeah, to check it out. Because, like, I mean, before this podcast, you also got a message from your friends saying, "Hey, they can't wait till we unpack this first topic, lah." Yeah, yeah, stress. Oh, yeah. Pressure, yeah, stress. Sure, pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and would you like to do the honors and, and tell us what this first topic is about? It's the everybody's uh, favorite lunchtime topic is about free trade agreements. Free trade <laughs> agreements. And more specifically, Sika. Sika. Yeah, I, I, mean, I can't imagine anyone really Sika. talking about this over lunch. Huh? This is, well, it's, not, it's not an easy topic to digest. Huh? No, I can imagine them talking about it, but not to enough depth. depth la. Like, mm. you'll reach a point where it's getting a bit touchy, a bit controversial, and then mm. people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I got a meeting. La. I got a meeting. Yeah, I need yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to get to. La. Yeah, but, but basically, we're talking about it because yesterday in Parliament, uh, after certain inquiries from the PSP, the Progress Singapore mm. Party, uh, which mm. is one of, the, one of the opposition parties with uh, two NMPs in Parliament, uh, they table mm. questions about Sika and and I mean they've made statements about uh Sika, which is a free trade agreement with with uh India. Uh they they've made statements that uh Sika has, you know, threatened the livelihoods of Singaporeans and cost Singaporeans jobs. Uh. So they wanted yeah. clarifications for certain things and they have uh, asked for some data in Parliament. And yesterday the PAP, the People's Action Party, uh to the Minister of Health and uh and uh, there's Ong Yikung and, uh, and who's the other minister? Tan 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 uh, Ling, right? Yeah, Tan Ling. Yeah, who Tan is Siling. the manpower minister? Ah, uh, manpower minister. They both mm. came forward and delivered. I mean, they gave whole truckloads of data about mm. Sika to try and uh, basically quell the apparent falsehoods and everything that PSP has been feeding Singaporeans. Uh. So that's yeah. why we are here today because it's been a very combative and contentious discussion. But yeah. do you know, like, do you recall the lead up to yesterday or not? Like, uh, why, why? No. Why? What, what? What was the tension between uh, PSP and uh, PAP? Yeah? No, 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 no. Please. So, so I mean, PSP for the longest time they have a history of of claims on Sikala. Um, and I think this is important to set the context. So as I think the earliest was in 2019 mm-hmm. um, when uh, it was by Tan Cheng Bok, the then Secretary General of PSP. He mm. posted, um, uh, there was a video of him posted on the Online Citizen Asia where he claimed that mm. Sika, and I quote, allowed the free movement of professionals in 127 sectors to enter and work in Singapore. 
Mm. So so that was I think around the time of that that um Indian guy who caused some issues with the security guard which started the whole sika being used as a derogatory term kind of thing lah. Yeah. Then there was another mothership interview on in 2020 uh with Tanjing Bok who reiterated that 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 127 categories for professionals to come in Singapore and be given that free hand actually practically free hand to come and work here. Mm. And then In August 2020, there was another Facebook post by the PSP Secretary General Francis Yen, also uh, imploring the PAP to release more data on Sika. And mm. then 22nd June was the most recent one by uh, the non uh, the NCMP Leong Manwai, who stated the most important economic policies that have affected the jobs and livelihoods of Singaporeans related to foreign PMEs and free trade agreements, particularly the Sika with India. Mm-hmm. So I think it was back in May that Shamugam laid the smackdown and challenge Leong Manwai to to put up a, a motion in Parliament to be debated lah. Mm-hmm. You recall that incident? That there's a video of them, yeah. Uh, yeah, him saying that, and then Leong Manwai taking the stand and saying, you know what, I will, I accept the challenge mm, yeah. to do this right. and, at the time at time that is right lah. Mm-hmm. So 22nd June, he said, uh, Leong Manwai on his Facebook post, akan datang. The debate on foreign PMETs, free trade agreements, and Sika, and then mm. he gave the context and some stats, and then mm. that um, that the debate will happen lah. Yeah. So that yeah. was the that was a build up that I did not know existed. Mm. But so yeah. um, what happened yesterday was essentially like a four hours combined total of uh, sp- uh, speeches that right by the two ministers. And Correct. I think there was some uh, I won't I won't say maybe rebuttals or follow up questions from opposition parties like like even Workers Party Pritam Singh also weighed in and everything. Um, mm. But overall, just going through the whole thing, how would you advise someone to go through all of this? Because not everyone has like us like that has all that time in the world to go you know slowly yeah. listen to a speech for four <laughs> with hours with our non-essential careers yeah, yeah, you know just you know, spending uh, nights reading up and yeah. listening about Sika yeah so uh, we've been working from home forever already you know <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah I mean first of all you know uh, they could listen to this podcast mm. um, but not to toot our own horn lah. but mm. I think like just by reading it it made me realize the importance of the context of what is being discussed mm. and to understand the various stance taken by the PAP by Pritam as leader of the opposition and PSP lah. and just I don't know just try and get a feel of the overall situation yeah. because by the end of it I don't know who's right I don't know who's wrong but I mm. think it was an important discussion la. and just one thing to clarify also an important thing that I also realized uh, only from a post by Leon, Leon Munwai so I'm taking his word for it it is a Facebook post but I do believe that there is some truth to this um, I think when he posted on 22nd June that the debate is happening a lot of people thought that the debate was yesterday but mm. the debate was not yesterday yesterday was yeah just two ministerial statements mm. from two ministers after which um other members can can ask for clarifications like but they mm. only get i think uh they to uh, only 20 minutes whereas mm. if a motion is tabled which is what Leong Man Wai said the PSP will do in future mm. they get 40 minutes so yesterday they were also listening to the ministerial statements for the first time yep yep which is why their responses would have been just off the cuff But maybe without the meat that uh that 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 it warrants lah. Yeah. So that also gave me uh, a better understanding of how to unpack what was discussed. Mm. But but what was your your overall thoughts from from your deep dive? Eh? I think the one of the first things that that struck me was eh why is the health minister Ong mm. Kong giving this speech? Eh? Again, you know, remember when we said eh why is Lawrence Wong Minister of Finance giving a speech about racism. And now you see yeah. Ong Yi Kung, newly minted Minister of Health, <laughs> giving a speech that defending free trade agreements. Um, yeah. I mean, the justification was that he has been a you know, trade negotiator on Singapore's behalf yeah. before. Yeah. So he would know yeah. a lot of this. But to me, it's like Heng Sui Kiet, the guy who even was leading the negotiations at that point, is mm. sitting right there. How come he's not the one defending it? Lah? So um, mm. I, th- I think this was also an insight brought by uh, brought by you know uh, a listener and a friend of ours Don uh, mm. shout out to Don he, he was like uh, basically tell me yeah he thinks that it's a basically a power play uh, by by the PAP 
maybe mm. maybe within their own uh, leadership or something to see to sort of see how people respond to to either minister like, talking about two very heavyweight topics like right uh, mm. Lawrence Wong talking about racism and Ong Kung talking about um, Bosika because I mean they are they, they are considered like a few of the front runners for the next prime ministership right mm. so is that maybe there's a test uh, and and then um, yeah how do you, how do you think oh, I mean just overall like overall just from the demeanor and everything how do you think Ong Kung fed uh? I mean I think Ong Kung he he said some stuff that made me think okay la, like um they have the facts. They have done mm. the research. Um, his demeanor also wasn't like that. That like a pushover. Like you mm. could see in his eyes that he was pissed, mm. and he used a very passive aggressive language. You know, this is most regrettable. Yeah. In essence, saying you know, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Shut the hell up. But yeah. in in parliament speak, it's like it's most regrettable. Mm. So I thought, as a politician, he did he did good lah. Mm. Like he didn't have a wavering stance, and it felt like like I was thinking like shit if he. If I was Leong Man Wai, I'm like, oh shit. And so well, the thing about the NCMPs and all, you know when you have to ask the question, it's yeah. like this little corner of parliament that probably has cobwebs <laughs> yeah. and like just a wet floor and all that. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like kind of tuition, like kind of detention in the corner and just yeah. putting your hand up. Yeah, I, so I always, I'm sure... I always wonder yeah. with all the camera technology that we have today, right? <laughs> Drones... <laughs> Uh, you know, 360 cameras, all that. They always tuck them away in the corner and then they have yeah. a telephoto <laughs> lens pointing at them <laughs> such that it's what? It really makes you feel like they are so far away, so far removed yeah. from proceedings. Uh. It's like a prison tower or something. Okay, you may yeah. now speak. Then they yeah. walk with their ball and chain to this, this <laughs> shitty-ass pedestal yeah. to speak. But but yeah, I thought I thought Ong Kong, like as a politician, he, he did uh, okay. Like, yeah. like what about you? Uh? What do you think? Uh, I, I, as always, I'm very impressed with his, uh, you know, him being so bilingual, uh, in in mm. both English and Mandarin. I think she's a pretty good, uh, orator. Um, mm. but I would say that there is a that there was a thing that about the Lawrence Wong speech that surprised me like That that you know that that every time a minister speaks uh, there's always this slight hint of condescension la, Right, a lot mm. of times when Singapore ministers speak to whether it's to each other or chiding the opposition or telling Singaporeans, you know, uh, you don't be stupid, la, you know, and, and you don't understand this and that. So I could not, uh, when Lawrence Wong spoke, I felt, hey, there, there wasn't that same sense of condescension that I always feel when PAP ministers speak. But when Ong Yi Kung spoke, I could feel it. La, the same old mm. Lee Kuan Yew or this let's throw down the gauntlet and let's, let's battle it out in parliament kind of thing, la, you know. And and, mm. and a lot of uh, uh, like you say, like passive aggressive language. Tan Siling also like, you know, there was the the smirks here and there that he did to emphasize certain points, like like yeah, like, we're talking about certain country, you know, that kind of thing, like. So yeah, so I I just got that 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 sense of um, yeah, like, there's that condescension that is uh the hallmark of of parliamentary par- parliamentary debates from Lee Kuan Yew's time, and and, and people could say that's what politics has always been. But I will argue mm. back that uh, then you're being a bit old school uh, in the sense there's a reason why, you know, uh, a lot of people expect the politicians to be, really be able to communicate properly and not in a very condescending way to them now and everything. Uh, and and, mm. and then populist uh, movements are arising uh, because just yes, because they, they know how to connect with people. Uh, and and that, so, that tone of condescension doesn't really fly, especially for younger people these days. Uh. So you're saying that even because if you're referencing the Lawrence Wong uh, speech at the mm. IPS forum, mm-hmm. but but that was not adversarial. He was talking to a big audience, right? Yeah. Right, but what if you talk talk about like I don't know whether Lawrence Wong has been in like a debate uh, in Parliament recently because yeah. it feels like even for COVID, it was very like a communicator to the masses as mm. opposed to a single person in parliament. Because even yesterday's parliament, even Heng Sui Kiet stepped up and like yeah. used some passive aggressions, yeah? Yeah, sugar yeah, daddy, yeah. Ex-Sugar Daddy Heng. Not to say that that's, that's a good thing, but I think the dynamic of a, like a debate in parliament, mm. there, I, I don't know, I, I, I think the only person who comes to mind doing it in a way that doesn't come across condescending is Pritam. La. And I think Pritam yeah. is fucking good at that. Yeah, like so, I think that's why he's a great leader of the opposition, lah. Yeah, exactly. I think I think you hit it on the head, lah. Like like Pritam, he he pointed out 
uh, even points that even PAP people couldn't disagree are like for example that mm. he he just pointed out saying that actually if if more data had been given to people at the start was available to people at the start to make their own assessments of Sika, then then we wouldn't be having these issues la, which to which yeah. Nikon had to reply and say that he said that PSP cannot uh, you know take back the allegations on it but but that's that's my point exactly la. you know a you know a politician. Uh, you need to be able to reach your audience. And if now if there's a, even a hint, a whiff of condescension, people just they turn off a little bit and they say, ah, oh, he's just being a politician and all that. Mm. Uh, but so, that's so, just a small part of the whole thing. I think overall, so, there's still a lot to unpack within the content as well, right? Yeah, which is what I was going to get to. Uh, maybe yeah. for people who are listening to this to get an idea of what was discussed, maybe yeah. we just go through the high-level high level, uh, sure. points. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, and as I say that, I'm also thinking, how the fuck are we going to do this? Um, I yeah. guess, okay, the, just now I went through the context that there were these two ministerial statements being delivered by Manpower Minister Tan Si Leng and Ong Yi Kung, which was the Minister for Health. Mm. And essentially, just from what I recall, uh, the Tan Si Leng speech was a lot about the principle of, of FTAs and how the foreigners who come in are meant to complement and not uh, replace local workers. And he went through the 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 various steps that prevent people from just hiring foreign workers and and the the steps mm. in place to prevent like an influx like. and Ong Ye Kung generally was talking about the trade agreement talking about how trade agreements generally uh come to light talking about how that it was a big thing back then uh mm. to not in not allow a free flow of human traffic because it was signed in yeah. two thousand five yeah when the population of India was really one like one billion Singapore was yeah. three million so. So that was one thing that, according to Heng Sui Kiat as well, that they held very close to their hearts. Like they, they, they will not allow this free flow and it was not a bargaining chip, which was one of Liang Mun Wai's points like, yeah. to clarify whether it was a bargaining chip. Correct, right? correct, yeah. Um, and throughout, like, yeah, Liang Mun Wai came up uh, and, and said uh, some responses. Hazel Po also from the PSP uh, came up and said some responses. But generally, what were the things that stuck out to you, uh? Um, in terms of helping under uh, people maybe unpack this if they had not read everything yet uh? um what uh, uh, I think the thing that st- stuck out to me was um they uh, no but I, I I think maybe you 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 go ahead first and you raise the main points because my points are more about okay. about the way the arguments are presented like, rather than the arguments per se uh. yeah okay so so I think like um the fact that the uh, Tan Si Ling and Ong Ye Kung were delivering ministerial statements, which I assume uh, they had teams working on and all, it was very factual, uh, and and they basically went through the numbers. Um, that okay, yeah, the number uh, of of uh, uh, Indian nationals have gone up mm-hmm. as a proportion of the work pass holders. I think it went up from fourteen percent in two thousand and eight to twenty five percent in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. uh, which just means yeah. Uh, the number of foreign, the percentage of uh, employment pass holders in Singapore has re- remained consistent, but the percentage of Indians amongst those has gone up. Yep, yep. And they said on the surface, yeah, it sounds like, okay, there's an influx of, of Indian people, but their point was that um, Singapore wants to be a finance and IT hub. And broadly speaking, oh shit, I use a Terence phrase, yes, broadly yes. speaking, yes. Uh, India and China are huge sources for talent in those fields. Mm. But apparently, um, a lot of the talent in China, have, uh, there's not so much of a brain drain from China because there's a whole bunch of unicorns popping up and it's India who's become like one of the main suppliers of this IT and finance talent. And that is why in industries like IT and finance, you're seeing more Indian nationals, not just in Singapore, but around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of chastised quite passive-aggressively the PSP for using the Sika argument has a as a political tool uh, mm. and and kind of like stirring this sort of nativist or or xenophobic sentiments which which they discourage. Uh. Mm. Um and I think they backed it up with a lot of numbers. And mm. yeah, they probably I mean they they had teams to to prepare this uh, and and if Ong Yi Kong himself was one of the negotiators, there's that whole like a uh, ton of uh, experience that he brought with him. So mm. so that's where I felt like um, whatever Leong Moon Wai uh, threw back at them, mm. it was more more against the 
the issue that I felt was not really addressed directly, uh, mm. which to me was was the fact that, okay, it makes sense. You know, FTAs make sense. And I think PSP, Leung Moon Wai agreed that FTAs make sense. Mm. I think Leung Moon Wai made too broad a statement to say that he's still not sure whether Sika has a net benefit to Singapore, which was like, wow, that statement is damn hard to quantify. But mm. to me, the issue is like, okay, FTAs are good. We need foreign talent. But yeah. the fact is, there is that sentiment on the ground. Yeah. Um, and it felt like it's one of those things again where the government was, okay, we are doing this because this, 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 we are right, you are wrong, you better listen to us and mm. here's the facts to back it up. La. Yeah, correct. So, so I mean, so, when you yeah. ask me what stood out the most about uh, what the speeches said uh, was that mm. I, I guess I one thing that I was surprised by was the amount of numbers they actually pulled out. La. You know, yeah. Um, because yeah. all along these numbers have not been accessible, as far as I know, to the opposition yeah. parties because for various reasons. And even in fact, during the speech also, there are certain numbers that they asked for that uh, Tan Siling himself said that oh, there's no country that actually tracks these numbers or what and, and we can't do that in Singapore and all that. So so, uh, in a sense, it was good lah. Um. Is it maybe like like what Pritam says? Should they maybe they should have just done this from the start, lah. So so that's one mm. thing. Uh, but yeah. Secondly, the other part about it that um also made me kind of sort of start to switch off on some of the arguments is that uh, when I talk about the sense of condescension, uh, is that they uh. were speaking from a point where they put the they they basically made the PSP position is that free trade agreements are bad, and uh. And therefore, you know, uh, Indians are flo- coming in and out freely out of... Uh, Indian Indians are coming freely in and out of Singapore. You know? Mm, mm. They basically, yeah. if I'm not wrong, that's the way to use the term straw man argument. They built a straw man yeah. argument of PSP saying that free trade agreement, all free trade agreements are bad and that, and that, uh, you know, Indians free... F- uh, free... Free, free hand. The flow free hand. freely. Yeah, have a free hand coming in and out of Singapore which I I, yeah. I mean you know you brought up certain points where people have said that whether they said that off the cuff or on Facebook with, with data but I, I think um, the, the larger point is that there is not just PSP right there's a lot of chatter mm. online there's a lot of people who are disgruntled or with a, of, with Sika and don't understand it well so when you come in, guns are blazing, saying that this is economics one hundred and one, and you are anti free trade, and everything. You're, again, you're 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 sort of pushing people into a box that they are, that they did not want to be in, lah, Right. So yeah. all the responses coming back from PSP have been, you know, we think we do think free trade agreements are good, but we do want to examine the, you know, the the whether it's a net benefit to to people, lah. And then to do that, you need data. You need like uh. You need some information as well, la. So uh, that that's where also I come from in the sense of the 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 yeah you you provided numbers, but you provided it in such a way that people can't meaningfully respond to you, uh, uh immediately as well, la, Right, and then and mm. in the same breath, in that same, in that same at the same point where you're dumping the files on the person's face, you're saying to them, yeah, you you fucking anti free trade, right? You anti free trade, right? You know, so yeah. it just I, it just feels very unfair. Not not saying that. Politics needs to be fair because, you know, Calvin Cheng will, will poke his head in at this point and say, this is politics. You know, you know mm. brush off your brass knuckles. I say yes, but but the point is, like what you, like I think like what you said, la, there's no smoke without fire. There are people who are disgruntled about it. There are people who feel very, uh, they feel very insecure about their position versus global competition in the marketplace and everything now, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And you being condescending about, about, about free trade agreements or, or basic economics doesn't help make people feel make people feel more assured lah. So so mm. that's why I felt like this was a another one of those opportunities where I want another lost opportunity to for for the four G leadership to sort of establish themselves as oh you know we understand your concerns and we are you know we are taking a a more transparent open approach to doing things you know which I felt like I felt a. a a bit more positive after the Lawrence Wong talk. He talked about racism and openly acknowledged the problems, like, you know, and then just like mm. brush it aside saying that you are fucking all racist and xenophobes, like, you're, and, and that kind of thing. Like. 
But so, then, so that, know, that's, like, that's where that, that's why I was I gathered from a lot of it. Like, I mean, I, I I did look at the numbers, but again, the numbers uh is is now it's so fresh. It's so hard for me to process the numbers immediately and and understand where how, how they are how they work, like, You know. But then, but then, what about okay? Because you know, like um, we have seen just from an observational point of view, mm. the fact that when when that, that xenophobic sentiment or like the protectionist or nativist sentiment yeah. takes hold in other democracies, right? Yeah. Uh, you get you get people like Trump elected, you get Brexit, mm. you know? Um, so, so and you hear this whole outright far-right movement happening, popping up in France, in like a lot of European countries. So, so is it like, uh, I mean, if, if the PAP wants to quell this um, and, and go on offensive and quell any sort of sentiments or shit stirring i wouldn't say shit stirring just just mm. these questions that could give rise to that right mm. are they are they wrong in doing so uh, or going that aggressive and trying to fucking like just whack with the facts and all that yeah so that's why i go back to like your what you think of your electorate lah, right what you think mm. of the people who elected you in the power uh mm. are they stupid do you just uh, or are they people that you can you need to convince and reason with and and you know they're a bit more well read now they they come from a globalized city their educated workforce that you know a large proportion of university graduates and everything like right um, mm. of course there are bread and butter issues that everyone's worried about but I don't think we are in the same position as 1965 where you know there, there's a threat of communistic over immediately or anything like that like right so mm. I think it, it requires a slightly different approach like words like quelling and all that you know it's just um <laughs> was it my word or their word you your word your word in terms of can you quell or quell the any quell kind of like, in uh, the butt man yeah any kind of discussion i mean it's it's the, the it's as simple as like okay what was the kpi set for you know for the well, how do you measure the success of of sika what was the kpi mm. set in 2005 versus what is the what is the result now like, you know like a simple question like the trailer that was yeah, the like, number that they gave also, right? The, uh, the trade increase. Yeah, like, oh, no, but in terms of the number and proportion of Singapore, how is it helping Singaporeans all that? I want to know how mm. they were thinking of it in 2005 and then where they are where they are at 15 years later, like, you know? Like, like mm. no one ever asked, like, hey, how come Singapore never make it to the World Cup in 2010? You know? <laughs> because the, the one the KPI was clear and then we failed the KPI, right? The, the KPI was <laughs> in 1998. It was, oh, we're going to make it the World Cup in 2010. Then people are like, you sell, ah. And then 2010 <laughs> came around and it never happened. And then we don't talk about it because we know exactly what happened already. Like we failed, like, right? But, but yeah. when there is no data, it's, it's very difficult for people to to make an uh, informed opinion. And then that's where the speculation starts coming in and all. Like. So, so um, in a sense, like, yeah, that's why I don't think they should be taking that kind of, uh, yeah, just quell any kind of uh, discussion about it because it is, I mean, this is is going to be with. It's been with us for fifteen years, and it's going to be with us for God knows how how much longer as well. So, we need to have uh, more information, more discussions about it, lah. Yeah, because I mean, like I I saw I saw that sentiment being um put out on I think Ong Yi Kung's uh, Facebook post because mm. Ong Yi Kung, Heng Sui Kiat, and PM Lee all posted some stuff about why these these ministerial statements were so important and, you know, yeah. thanking the the teams that did the negotiation. And on those threads, generally, um, they were, they were, they were brown-nosing the ministers mm. because, you know, they're always like, thank you, sir, for your service to the country. Yeah. But um, I saw some people also push back that saying that, okay, but at the end of the day, the, there's still these issues like, and these were not addressed. Yeah. And I think, like just now I was asking that question about, okay, like they had, all they're doing is quelling it in the butt, which is what, you know, politicians will want to do. And I saw some people um, say that also. Yeah. But as much as people say that, you know, we need to learn from the, the mistakes of the democracies in Europe and the US and not let these far-right movements propagate, right? Yeah. To me, watching it, like what you said, like, I came off, I really want Leong Moon Wai to carry on, man. Mm. Even though yesterday, um, certain questions he said were were not were not backed by the most facts or anything because yeah mm. like the structure of this is also okay you you have these people deliver these ministerial statements that the opposition members only hear on the day itself mm. and if you give them chance to rebut of course it's not going to be like a fucking hardcore rebut la, because that's, yeah. this is not a debate yeah. but if I didn't read his post I would have thought this is a debate and I'd be like oh shit that 
that didn't go well. Like. But then the fact that Liang Mun Wai is pressing against a fucking mountain, mm. I salute him for that. Even though his arguments feel a bit like a bit broad, broad yeah. claims. Like that. Yeah. Because because these are the sentiments that were there in the US and the UK that nobody mm. gave a fuck about. Yeah, correct, correct. And, and that's what think, led to Trump. That's what led to Trump, yeah, though, right? Yeah, and yeah. for the first time, no matter how antagonistic or condescending these ministers are when they answer, to me, the fact that they're having to answer these questions is fucking great. Mm. Um, even Shamugam responded to a, to a question by Pritam Singh asking for some breakdowns of nationality. Lah. You know, the mm. Singapore PR pool from each of the tw- top 20 countries further divided, d- divided by gender, the mm. top 20 nationalities, to which Shamugam responded, okay, not all of this we can disclose because it would lead to you know, sensitivities or targeting or discrimination. Mm, mm. But then he proceeded to give some numbers. And to me, I'm like, whoa. That's good. He right? actually yeah. gave some numbers. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking good. And yeah. for for Pritam to point out that data earlier on could have quelled um, this sort of anti-Sika sentiment and Ong Kung agreeing to that, I'm like, hey, fuck, that's great. Maybe yeah. maybe even between uh, Pritam and Leong Man Wai, there were a few memes, right? You know, like Leong yeah, Man Wai so. saying to Pritam, I'm going to say this, you're going to back me up, right? Yeah. You're going to back me up, right? <laughs> The but Star Wars, the way, Star Wars, yeah, the fucking Anakin great, and, Anakin and uh, the princess yeah. meme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's why. Funny. But but the fact is, I'm sure they are in talks also, and maybe yeah. Long Moon was to be the one. You know, I'm gonna be the one to poke. You know, to even if my questions got not the most number of facts, I'm gonna poke. And Pritam mm, plays mm. the the good cop la. because yeah. I thought Pritam's approach was fucking good. Yeah, you know, just finding. Finding an easy common ground mm. and let Leong Moon Wai be the the, the wild card la. And yeah. I think anyone who just like um you don't need to watch the whole thing, but to me like this is fucking interesting. And for the first time, mm. it's like the parliamentary session, the live sessions are are pretty interesting, man. Someone just needs to do a supercut, <laughs> you know, like have NBA commentators like that sort of style just unpack and do the shit. Uh, yeah, mothership's on it already. Mothership's on it. Someone is doing overtime tonight. Uh, to do all mothership, this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. But, uh, but, but the, 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 yeah, yeah, so I, I mean, I did go to Reddit and one of the, the top comments about it was that basically this whole discussion um, it still misses the, the bigger point of of all this, uh, that PSP is really, and I mean, even for us, we have read these sentiments. PSP is basically a reflection of the sentiments on mm. the ground, on the internet of a large, seems like a large group of people, uh, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 it's not so much about specifically about Sika or even free trade agreements. At the end of the day, it's about um Singaporean the Singaporean worker feeling insecure about his position vis-a-vis global competition, right? You know, basically yeah. the global competition train is traveling damn fast and we've de- taken our workforce and hooked it onto that train already. Lah. And now we're like saying, Hey, you if you're if you're fall off this train, you're you're screwed, lah, right? Yeah, and the train it. needs to go, yeah. And the yeah. train needs to go because you know we need to get from point A to point B. Yeah, like. if, if we don't if we if we don't keep out of this train, we're fucked. So you all just hang on for your dear fucking life. So that's yeah. the thing that is making everyone really worried. And obviously, then when someone just comes out and says, Yeah, it's because of Sika, then this is a very seductive, it's a very seductive mm. argument. Like, easy to pin mm. on someone, easy to pin on, you know, a whole uh, you know, uh, a group of people that, you know, when that 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 uh we're not that familiar with and then and, and uh yeah and then one viral video happens and things blow up. So if you don't address if you if you keep refusing to address why to how you know why the workers are feeling so uh about the future, like kanchong for those uh you know non non Chinese or or non Singaporeans listening, this means uh very nervous or very uh antsy about the future, right? Then then mm. it's you you just today it will be Sika, tomorrow it will be something else, la. And yeah. I mean it's a very complex issue, which I think even when talking to Sudia, he says this is the nature of the beast because Singapore is uh, at the same time a global cosmopolitan city, but at the same time also a country, la, right? That has its yeah, yeah, na- native exactly. inhabitants and everything. So it's it's very hard to find balance between those things, and and um yeah, it, it, I I feel that these discussions are important. But a lot of it has missed the larger point about people feeling insecure. La. Yeah, and, and I guess that's where the Lawrence Wong speech during the IPS forum was very surprising for most people. Even me, you know, I was fucking mm. surprised. Mm. Right? Because it could very well have been something that was 
just facts. You know, yeah. we have this, like, don't know how many percent are interracial marriages. Every year it's increasing. We are more tolerant. But for the first time, it felt like he was like, okay, this is a problem. Okay, mm. we might not have the solution now, but this is a problem and we feel you. Yeah. You can argue it's a political act or, or whatnot, but to me, I almost feel like, okay, you know, Lawrence Wong, maybe maybe he's on our side, you know? Mm. Whereas after this, watching Ong Ye Kung and Tan Si Ling, I mean, they gave a lot of facts and all, but like, like yeah. what you said, like the, you give the facts, but at the end of the day, you feel like shit, you watch them, you feel like shit. Mm. I think the PAP, I'm sure they are fucking shit scared of like the sentiment growing to the point where someone, let's say all the opposition parties combine powers and yeah. the next election, they win. And that's what happened, I think, in in uh, in countries like... I know there's some European countries where some far-right uh, leader came and just won, surprisingly. I think in France, there was Marie Le Pen's party, which got quite a sizable amount of votes. Yeah. And and this sentiment, yeah, you can't ignore it, man. Because yeah. like, like what you say, like, they still represent the sentiment of the people. And you can argue facts. But when people are feeling like shit, right? Yeah. Like even for us, right? Yeah. Like the, with the liquidation we're dealing with now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can argue the company had to liquidate because this assets, this liability. But to me, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to be you able to pay my bills over. and all that, you know? Yeah, you fucked us over. I don't yeah. give a shit what that meant. I don't care how many jobs that created. Yeah. You fucked us over. And, and you, and you know what, what's the one funny, like, there's a very common sentiment in some of the comments that people are giving, lah. They say, mm. oh, Singaporean worker need to be globally competitive. Then how about your minister, your job also globally competitive? Lah. Open up to the <laughs> open up to the world also, lah, you know. We offer someone else from from another country to take over your job and see whether he can do as well. Lah. Oh la more. <laughs> right, right cool yeah, at the end of the day, minister is a is a is not open to global competi- competition, right? The salary yeah. is the highest in the world, everything. So. That is true. Because I know that whole uh, foreigner, uh, global leader kind of thing came up in a show also highlighted by Leong Man Wai a few months ago about yeah. um, the CEO of DBS mm. not being Singaporean. Mm. He was a naturalized Singaporean from India. But yeah. uh, Leong Man Wai said, you know, like, is this, why can't it be a Singaporean? And it also became a thing in parliament. And then he clarified his stance just saying that, you know, it it was less about why can't we get a local as opposed to why wasn't there succession planning? Mm. And I know what I want to say now is going to be anecdotal. It's my own personal experience. But when I was working at SIA, right? Yeah. I don't think there was ever a chance for a non-Singaporean to become CEO. That's oh, really? my feel. Really? That, that's my feel. And there was a big thing about succession planning, lah. Mm. Um, and I have I did hear through the grapevine about okay it will never happen because it's Singapore Airlines you know mm. uh, for the longest time the English football team said they'll never have a non-English coach and I think mm. Sven Goran Eriksson became the first non-English coach yeah yeah so, correct, correct. so but in, in Singapore Airlines there was that like, I'm not saying it should be the way but again mm. for Leung Mun Wai to raise that I was like hey fuck this guy is asking some questions that might might be quite emotional, okay. yeah, but they need to be asked. Uncomfortable questions. They need to be asked. Inconvenient yeah. questions. Inconvenient questions. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like, I just have more respect for Leung Man Wai, man. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think the the this round of parliamentary questions, they're even going to ask about the, like, the mayor's salaries. Like, why does mm. a, what, what does a mayor do on top of being an MP that warrants an extra, I think, like $600,000 a year, like, you know? So, mm. so... Those are important questions to ask in the in the time when economy is you know is and businesses are closing left right center, everyone's yeah. just waking up from a slumber and we don't even know how the next six months are going to be and all that right so yeah, yeah. I, I I welcome these questions and 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 I hope for answers that will actually cut closer to to addressing how people are feeling rather than than making people feel bad for not knowing economics one on one yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I mean, we always grew up saying, we're hearing, you know, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Mm. You know, the person who doesn't ask is a fool or the but the person who asks might be an idiot or some shit yeah. like that. Like. Yeah. Now, I think like people should just, just go and check out and just, I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's very interesting that for once, you know, we've always heard, you know, you need opposition in parliament and mm. now it's like, hey, shit, there's, there's some, there's some, there's some, how you say, uh, there's some meat to that. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. they're asking questions yeah. that, Previously, we never asked like what you yeah. said. We would never yeah, get asked. Yeah. And in some way, it's, if it's riling up the ministers in power, that's great. Mm. That and is then you great. And you see how they react under that 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 kind of uh, scrutiny and stress, and it, yeah. and it makes you think about hmm, okay, what kind of leadership do I want leading the four G right? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 
So yeah, so I think I think it was damn interesting, yeah. yeah, yeah the only yeah. thing is the live the fucking parliament video is seven hours long, dude. I know, like it is. Can watch four Euro games, no? At this time, Harish, there's Wimbledon <laughs> going on. Euro. There's the Euro 2020s going on. The NBA I finals know. started this morning. The, the UFC Conor McGregor is coming back. Conor McGregor is oh. coming back this Sunday. And they want us to spend seven hours watching Hong <laughs> Kong and Tan Sinek. My God. No, as, as we speak also, Roger Federer is playing his quarterfinals. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, there's a lot of things to competing for our attention now. There's Sex Life yeah, on Netflix. <laughs> you know, there's a there's Naked Director also just come out on Netflix, the latest season. Yeah. So, oh, oh, my yeah. God, there's so many things to watch. <laughs> so many things, but yet, just watch the highlights. Like, yeah. there needs to be a highlight show. Whoever's working on a highlight show, please... Please just do it. Yeah, we will yeah. try our best. We will try our best to always unpack the shit. But but yeah, like, I mean, I think like if you just Google, you can read good, like, I mean, even Mothership did quite a decent factual summary without any mm-hmm. opinions or anything. They just went through. So, so, yeah. so yeah, I mean, hopefully listening to us talk about it gave a bit of, a bit of, uh, shone a bit of light onto what we feel, uh, what, what people are feeling. Uh. Yeah. Uh, Whew, that's like damn. exam finish already, yeah. Uh. Or is like the invigilators say, okay, pans down. Oh, wow. Then after you just try to squeeze it, try to squeeze in something like yeah. for, the, <laughs> for like another three more seconds after that. <laughs> the invigilator not looking, you just like looking, yeah, you're just yeah, fucking yeah, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. Pans down, okay, pans down, pans oh, down. Damn, okay. Deep but, breath. Uh, deep breath. But the... Yeah, deep breath. The... Holy shit, I even forgot what was the... the oh, the you thrown off your segue. Yeah. <laughs> No, oh, okay, okay. I mean, we talk about protectionism, right? So our mm. second topic is also about protection, but not that kind of protection. Mm. Get it out of your head. About protection for content creators. Uh, exceptions mm. for educators and data analysts among proposed changes to the Copyright Act. Basically, uh, they're finally making changes to the Copyright Act where the next time that you want to share a, a video by a content creator or something, you might have to be forced by the law to credit the content creator properly. La. Mm. And then uh so, I think this is this is probably quite relevant for us. But what 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 made it interesting to you? I mean, because just just based on people listening to us and maybe not aware that we didn't start off as podcasters. Mm, uh correct. we started off as YouTubers back in 2014, May. Yeah, yeah. Um and we were making videos and back then YouTube was the the sole video platform. Like, like if you mm. want to watch a video, you go to YouTube. Mm. And then I think around 2015, Facebook said, oh, fuck, we need to get into the video game. And they started allowing like uploading of like HD videos and shit. Mm. Like, but there was no content protection. Mm. Um, by then, I think YouTube already had a, a somewhat robust content protections platform system mm-hmm. where if you uploaded a duplicate video, it would be flagged. Like. Yeah. Um, so Facebook, some some players on Facebook, uh, and there were the likes of EDM, W Singapore, some other shit pages, the and real, even the SGAG, real Singapore, the real Singapore, even SGAG, yeah, uh, they started downloading our videos from YouTube and uploading it onto Facebook as their own line, and these would mm. get like thousands of shares, hundreds of thousands of views, mm. and when we message them, we're like, yo, this is our video, can you take it down? A lot of times they were like, oh, we're just giving you exposure and shit like that, lah, yeah, um. And including SGAG, I must say, SGAG, in yeah. the early days, they, yeah. they ripped off our videos. Yep. Um, but we had no legal claim. We had no way the Facebook content duplicate system was fucked up. Mm. Uh, no one... And and in after a while, they might take down the videos, but after that page gets an increase of like 10,000 new followers because of our video. Mm. Um, so just seeing this come into play, I thought, hey, actually... It was also brought up in this parliament parliament debate, right? I mean, parliament yeah. session, right? By the Ministry of Law, yeah. Yeah, then I was like, hey, shit, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, there was a two-month-long public consultation exercise. And mm, Did you by, know about that? <laughs> no, I didn't know. By the Ministry and the I, I, IPS, like Intellectual Property Office of Singapore, to seek feedback yeah. on the bill. But I think, uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's been a long time coming. I wish this was around five years ago. But uh, mm. yeah, the, the, so because I still see it today, like a lot of... Uh, pages under the guise of curation. And then we still get it sometimes uh, where pages message us saying, hey, can I just like, you know, rip off your video and just post it on my page? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, the fact that they're asking is already a step up from how, what it was in 2014, right? But yeah. it still annoyed me to, the, to no end that, 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 you know, that um, people could just 
people could just do it and there was really zero recourse. I remember at one point I was so frustrated because even for Facebook, even just to report a video, you had to almost like, it was like filling up some archaic like form with like, you know, and then explaining, explaining what's wrong and then like this is the source of original video and everything like that. So in, in essence, they were favoring people copying videos, you know, rather than the mm. people whose videos were copied because you actually had to do more work to get their video off the platform. It was harder than uploading a video, you know what yeah. I mean? So it yeah, was, it's yeah. ridiculous like at that point in time where it was like, you know, like, these tech companies, they prioritize their, their own views and they don't care about the creators. Also, um, it was just a, uh, interesting thing and, and it also comes at the the same point where I think uh, a very famous you, YouTuber in the US one of the OGs like Hank Green uh, you might know, mm. also know him as the writer of uh, of very famous books and, and movies like um, what's the what's the one that he wrote about cancer do you remember uh, Turtles All the Way Down or something is it no it was about a, a love story uh between a, a girl who has cancer and and and, and a, another guy, uh, shit, I can't remember. I think he also wrote Turtles all the way down. Turtles. Yes, he's, all... he's, he's had a few books, um, uh, that have that have been turned into movies. Uh. Uh, you don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. Well, he's done so many things in his life. Uh. Yeah, John Green is... I mean, he started off as a YouTube world, so like the Hank Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's pretty pretty dope. Uh. Hank pretty, Green, Hank Green. Yeah, so, dope. so, yeah, they used to do... I mean, he does mental floss, uh, right? That was the big mm. YouTube channel they were doing, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so, so, he's come forward and, and basically, all his, he's pointing out that YouTube for... Uh, half of re- YouTube's like 19 billion revenue goes is paid out to content creators, like 50% of it is paid out to content creators. Whereas compared to platforms like TikTok, I think it's a, it's a minuscule, like less than 10% or something like that that's actually paid out to creators. So, so mm. he, he's, he was calling, like calling out TikTok, Facebook, and all these other platforms for, um, you know, like prioritizing their own profits as opposed to helping creators, you know, build an ecosystem and a sustainable ecosystem. And mm. so I think... All these little steps, like making, although it's just a thing in name, right? Making this a law, I think it all helps towards helps content creators and helps people who, who live on on creating content for a living, uh, Who live on content, yeah. Who create content for a living, um, yeah. it legitimizes their operations, uh, basically. But then, but then, so that this is beneficial for content creators mm. who like us who do this for a living, lah. But what about? Well, well, let's say Mr. Mr. Samuel, right? Yes. He goes to this artist on the street and he's like, oh, fuck, that's a, that's a nice piece of graffiti or something. Yes. And then he takes a photo and then he yeah. puts it online and it goes fucking viral. Uh, uh, then then he, the creator he took can the also photo, ask right? him to credit. Yeah, but the thing is, it's a photo of someone else's artwork. Right? Oh, so you're saying... Or like, let's saying, say a painting, yeah. You're saying that's the, yeah. the scenario that, that they, they, they put forward or so, lah. Yeah, because because this basically means that a, a a creator of a work of art can uh request uh can legally to be credited mm. for any photo that yeah. anyone posts uh of their artwork la. So okay, if someone okay. posts and they get two likes, maybe one comment like, "Hey, bro, fucking show." Uh, there's no there's no reason to go. But but you have instances of people you know posting like recording videos or someone doing something or like taking a picture of an artwork in some nook and cranny, maybe a small museum in. I don't know some remote island that it goes viral. Then mm. what? Then they could they could also have legal action taken against them, no? If they don't want to credit the artist or they don't know. Uh, I see. I see. Interesting. Uh, yeah. But I guess yeah, that 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 it, that's actually more for the courts and and the legal system to figure out like, right what happens right. Um, yeah. I think the important thing is that that uh you know Singapore we are setting something in place like like. Back then, we said that how can how can Singapore be different from how can Singapore's Facebook be different from other people where they are where you must insist on having a, a you know a fake news this is fake news uh, indicator next to the next to the post if if the government decides so but they went ahead and insisted on it and and Facebook complied lah right uh, mm-hmm. very begrudgingly complied but uh, yeah lah the pofma basically happened and Facebook looks different in Singapore than how it does in any other any other place in the world. Lah. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so exactly. if if there's some requirement that that forces the tech companies to, 
you know, divert some of the money away from the expensive lunch lunch that they cater to for their staff to mm. you know actually properly paying and crediting creators. I think that's that's a good that's a good step forward. Uh. But 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 yeah, so I mean that that's the 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 one thing the sentiment that I mentioned just now was actually a question brought up by not just me, it was brought up by Professor David Tan from the NUS Faculty of Law, who said mm. that his concern is that if if everyone is liable to have legal action taken against them, will it result in less content being shared on social media? Mm. Uh, because because it is, yeah, if 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 everyone is on like on fear of yeah, just having a copyright claim or something, even if they're just taking a photo of this thing that really touched them, um his his concern that oh shit, is that gonna is that gonna mean that even social media is censored to a certain extent? And then every and then a zombie apocalypse. A zombie apocalypse hits us and we die, right? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. That's like the slippery slope argument to the nth degree. No, I mean, okay, okay. To be fair, he's got a point. Yeah. But yeah. I would refute that by saying that maybe it's a good thing that people think more carefully before they share. Before they just mm. like hit share on something or they think about, is this mine or will I get in trouble or do I need to credit somebody? Think a little bit mm. before you just hit share or, or like, I mean, even even fucking our you and I, our photo was used for a recruitment ad oh, yeah, on LinkedIn by true. some company in the US. And what what, what legal recourse? The, what the hell legal recourse do you have? You know, yeah, nothing aside from trolling that person on on LinkedIn, la. Yeah, nothing. We we I, there's nothing we could do. At least in Singapore, if I go to a lawyer and say, I can you force this person to take on, then it will mm. on LinkedIn.sg, you will never see the ad, la, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think in general, I also think this is a step in a very good direction because, yeah, I mean, like to me, the I don't know whether it'll, it'll make people think before posting, mm. but I think um, there have been instances where big-ass public figures have posted something or kind of really, I wouldn't say copied, but, but almost taken someone else's idea and repurposed it on their own and I think even Taylor Swift had claims against that in the past mm-hmm. when when she posted a photograph that was taken by a freelance photographer and didn't credit yeah. and this now gives the creator legal claim to address that yeah. because honestly like I mean unless something goes fucking viral mm. I would assume that you know creators who are really considered non-essential in Singapore would probably have better things to do than go after someone who has posted something that has gotten five likes yeah. but if the post has gotten like 18,000 shares, then I think it is good that you go after that person and mm. it doesn't need to be antagonistic. It's just saying, hey, you know, thanks for sharing that, but could you just credit me? That's all mm. you need to do. Yeah, correct. And it's only if the failure to credit that then warrants legal recourse. Yeah. So I think, yeah, like, I mean, Prof Tan, I think he was, maybe he was playing devil, devil, devil's advocate. La. He's the yeah. Terrence in the fucking uh, NUS school. La. Like, <laughs> he, at lunch, he's always the guy who has to put, ask these things. Pop-pose, and like, hey, just shut the fuck up. La. Just shut yeah. the fuck up. You and your straw man and slippery slope shit. Just shut up. We just want to have lunch. Yeah. So, so no, but, shout but, out to Professor David Tan. Yeah, so, so David Tan, I would love to have a conversation to explain. La. But overall, I just feel that um, people who create content should have the power to decide uh, if they want to, you know, pursue legal action against someone who stole their content or what, right? Or not. Mm, and mm, the mm. power shouldn't be, oh, it shouldn't be a free for all. The power is is to the, the the person who shares it the who shares it the fastest or anything like that, right? Mm, uh, so exactly, so in, exactly. in, in some sense if this law is putting that prerogative uh or privilege in the hands of the creator, then then yeah, I think that is how it should be. And like what Harish is saying is that yeah, it might be nothing more than just saying, "Hey, you got to credit me on this, man." Uh, I mean, yeah. th- thanks for sharing and appreciating, but you got to properly credit me on this, and and that then one more person learns about the importance of respecting intellectual property, yeah, and and that's mm, a mm. that's a win to me, uh, yeah. Because I mean, even like if you see some huge ass public figures on Facebook. I remember Jay Shetty, you know, the personal development guru kind of thing. Yeah, he uploads a lot of videos from other people, man. And I'm like, yo, yeah. you got 16 million followers, but uh, are you sure you're like striking a deal with them or you're just you're just like using the the mantra that okay, this is still good for people to to listen to. I have a follow uh reach and I want to help you distribute it. Not yeah. saying that he does that, but there are a lot of other pages that do it. Like, so so this just feels like okay, it's putting the, some power in the hands of the creator, man. Correct, mm, correct, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh but well, yeah. congrats to Shanmugam for pulling this off. <laughs> 
Why Shamugam? Bin Law, right? Hey, don't take away the credit from the people <laughs> who worked on it, lah. Okay, okay. Sia later, la. you say, later you say hey. I'm brown nosing, I'm brown nosing. Yeah, brown nosing to the max, yeah. <laughs> Please, lah. There's a queue of people who want to brown nose Shamugam right now. Please do not join the queue. Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, let's give a shout out to I think uh, Mr. Adrian Tan, head of intellectual property at you know said no, he didn't propose it. He's just a mm. person who gave a quote for Straight Times. Yeah, yeah. Uh okay. But yeah, Min Law. Whoever worked on the Min Law thing, kudos to you, man. Yeah, yeah. Kudos but, to uh, you. But yes, now. So, one of my favorite segments. Is, yeah. Our one short thing. Our one short comment. One short yeah. comment. Yeah. And what uh, is what is your one short comment? Mine was from the latest uh, Reddit. I mean, our latest podcast uh, post, the Reddit post. Uh, by mm. John Lim O2. He says, nothing intellectual to add here. Haha. <laughs> because it was a very heavy topic about Sika. Just say I wanted. I just wanted to say I really enjoyed Terence's verbal crusade against spandex wearing cyclists. Long may it continue. <laughs> mm. So <laughs> that I'm glad I'm inspiring a whole a whole like crusade against spandex wearing cyclists. Uh. Yeah, that that actually is a perfect uh context for my my one short comment, which was a comment from uh tomato meat matter mm. uh which is also on the same thread. Okay, and I mean. Because what what you said essentially was okay, like uh, your comment was that what was it again? Eh? Oh, just wanted to say that really enjoy Terence's verbal crusade, la. So yeah, yeah. so it was about something you said that that yeah, it's just you know like um, there's there's a certain pride I can sense in your voice, la. So mm. uh, tomato matter uh just said okay, the first thing was some comments about the 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 Facebook post that. Uh, implied that fifty thousand had been raised for the the non mask wearing expat. The mm-hmm. second one was about the suggestion of having controversial figures or like Tan Boon Lee on a podcast. But the third one, uh, was a small opinion about the one shook comment segment. Mm-hmm. So so he or she writes as a listener. I think this segment would be more interesting if it's something that can be enjoyed by everyone else. As with one shook thing, mm-hmm. I mean, I can feel happy for you guys that people are rightfully praising your work and enjoying your jokes. But I don't think we in the audience get a lot out of it. Uh, would be nice to have insightful comments highlighted, but of course, I recognize that that's provided there's at least one person commenting something insightful in every thread. Mm. So, so I mean, it was a very well uh, put together comment in general. So but, you feel guilty, but, uh, you feel guilty. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't feel guilty because I think the one show thing, it is something that we want our our commenters to enjoy. Mm. Uh, our I mean, our listeners to enjoy. But to me, the one show comment, it is just, it, I think... Like uh, then I feel there are certain comments that could be like a one-line comment, like mm. the one you just mentioned that that is still it still means something la. So I think mm. as much as I would love for the one show comments to be enjoyed, I think for me the one show comment takes on a very different aspect compared to the one show thing la. Because the one show comment, if someone just types something that that feels like well-intentioned, that 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 is uh supportive. Or anything, yeah. To me, that can still qualify, like, and hopefully there would still be something. I guess you know when you say, "Don't think we in the audience get a lot out of it." Isn't our happiness something you want? You know, isn't a, a little bit of joy in our life something you want? Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. Correct. Correct. Those that was are, my thought. Like, what What do you think about that? Uh? Um. Yeah, I think the one should comment. I mean, I I just very. I feel kind of sad to admit it and to disappoint everyone, but Harish and I are not intellectuals, uh, basically. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> we sit here. We, we are po- imposters. We pontificate and yeah. we pretend to be, but we are really just two guys who are trying to unpack the news in as uh, you know as as understandable a way. Like, I mean, we 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 did have tertiary education. We you know we went to pretty good schools, everything, but mm. you know it's 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 been a while. Uh, it's been you know. <laughs> I think fifteen fifteen years or something like that since since we graduated or what, so yeah you know yeah. just for us just just getting a kick out of someone uh, agreeing with me about spandex that makes my day man that puts a <laughs> smile on my face I go to sleep happy at night man and yeah you yeah. know isn't that a nice thought that that someone goes to sleep happy, whereas if we're yeah. talking more about Sika I wow, I'll just be so stressed I cannot sleep the whole night uh. you know yeah. yeah I guess I mean like I mean to to tomato uh, matter. Tomato meter, tomato meter. Um, mm. I mean, I still really appreciate your comment because any mm. comment that makes me think is a comment that I think is worth highlighting. But mm. just yeah, like um, yeah, we it, like we also want people to comment whatever they want to comment. Uh, yeah. so yeah, so hope hope you understand where we're coming from, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. 
Yes. Mm. Cool. All right. Now, now, what is what is your your uh one short thing? Um, I mean the, I guess my my one short thing was something that already happened uh last week lah. But it is is uh if you if you don't watch a lot of tennis, it's probably uh not as interesting. But but I mean, if you have a passing interest in in women's tennis, you know, you, you we always wonder who's the next big star gonna be from from women's tennis lah, because. Uh, I think in terms of women's sports, women's tennis, I think is the one where they they potentially earn the highest, right? If I'm if I'm not wrong, probably, probably, For, um, yeah, probably. women's sports. Uh, I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure about that number, but but I mean we know. I mean off the tip of our tongues, we know names like Venus Williams, Serena Williams, Maria Sharapova, mm. uh, Anna Ivanovic. Uh, you know, back in the day, Anna Kornikova, but not because the tennis mm. was good, lah. But but the point is that mm. women tennis can really create global big stars lah, and I think this past week there's been one uh star who who has shown shone brighter than any others. Although now that she's out of the tournament, but for just a mm. brief week she was really like the 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 media darling lah, basically. Uh, and mm. uh, she got bund- she she retired from a match on Monday. But this is Emma Raducanu. Uh, she's the mm. next big thing because. The interesting thing is that she has a Romanian father and a Chinese mother. So mm. after Lina and, and you know the other uh, the later Chinese players that have come forward, she is uh yeah, she she has got a lot of support in China and, and a lot of people I, I think her social media presence and just exploded la. To, to 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 be to be um accurate, she's actually British. She's from the UK. It's just that she has a Romanian dad and a and a Chinese mum. And then, then she's just like eighteen years old, and now she's she's potentially you know on the verge of like you know the the, the kind of stardom that that gets you endorsements from Rolex and things like that lah. Mm. So so uh, and she she played pretty uh, a couple of pretty good matches in her earlier rounds. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy because when she retired from a final match, I think John McEnroe, uh, you know the 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 tennis great John McEnroe. Yeah, remember him. He 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 said, "Oh yeah, you know she was basically overwhelmed by the by the situation and stuff like that." And then people were just blasting him for being for making such a sexist comment, Because they said that if huh. it was a guy, he wouldn't have said such a thing. But because he's a young eighteen year old girl, then he he said this comment, la. So I I think that's a whole other discussion. But yeah, that's that's what she's been in the news for the last couple of days, la. But how come she? What did she retire for? She had some breathing difficulty suddenly halfway through a match. Uh, so wow. so yeah, so nobody. I mean, we don't really know why exactly, but uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's yeah. Now now COVID and everything, you don't want to you you have to take breathing difficulties quite seriously, lah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah yeah. But yeah, that was that that's a one shock thing. It, it, I mean, player to watch, ah, player to watch for sure. Player to watch, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, my one shock thing is is something that came out five days ago. It's actually mm. the. The video for the NDP song, mm. the NDP theme song, and yep. I mean it. It's uh, got a heavy animated slant to it, and and full disclosure, the people who animated it, uh, the folks from Flying Pictures, are actually friends of ours. Is it Finding um, Pictures? Finding, finding pictures. pictures. Finding Pictures. Finding Pictures. Oh shit! You, fly, uh, you want to give one shot thing or Accurate a bit lah. Wow, I swear, <laughs> I swear they are friends. I swear they are friends. Yeah. Um, flying but, Pictures. But but I mean, like to me, the song. Like the song was not um super memorable for me, but the visuals I just thought basically they did this style where they used real world footage and they animated it on top of animated on top of it like and mm. I just thought it was a very it was a very it was it was it was nice to watch and certain moments like I remember one that they they had a wide shot of like a HDB estate with three blocks and mm. they had this huge animated family sitting uh in the middle like leaning against the blocks and reading yeah. uh, stories to their kids and then they had an interracial couple waiting for uh, a conveyor belt of food which was on top of an expressway if, if what I'm saying doesn't make sense just go watch the video but I thought mm. it was hey, that was a cool video like, I, I think it's it's pretty 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 dope like. no I love I love the song to be honest mm. uh, it, it, oh, you uh, love the song, it huh? has uh, Lin Ying who was remember yeah. when we went to watch Gentle Bones he brought her on stage and since then oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. follow her a little bit and yeah, her, her voice is awesome. 
Cesare. I mean, everyone knows him, Singapore Idol. There's Shy. I've I've spoken about her as a one shot thing before. She's she's a big name to watch in Singapore music. Shy. Uh, mm. And who else? Uh, this this Shabir, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple yeah, of people. Shabir, yeah, Shabir, and, Shabir, Shabir is a Singaporean-born music producer who's done pretty well for himself in India, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I like the I like the song a lot in the sense that I feel it's uh it's actually something that like worth singing. I might try and teach my kid how to sing the song. Well, um, yeah. Wow, that's cool. And so yeah, so, so, I mean, the song generally has been very, very well received. Mm. And I think even like last year or the year before when there was like this NDP video where it was very focused on like, you know, families and different things. It was very well shot, but mm. it felt there was nothing like, ooh. The Charlie, the Charlie cool. Lim yeah. one, right? The Charlie Lim one, right? The Charlie Lim one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas this one I watched, like, I just I just really like the animation style. Like, and, and it's not not just because they're friends of ours. I just thought, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's it's cool. I, I yeah. really liked it. No, yeah, and I, I love the way they just like, you know, played with the landscape of Singapore, yeah. or, you know, and it, and it really shows you the power of animation like, to make you imagine that, uh, you know, those, a certain block of flats is, a, is actually like a, a row of seats at the national stadium. Yeah, kind of yeah. So yeah. these are things yeah. that you can only do with animation and and uh very uh almost childlike sense of imagination like, when you look around yeah. Singapore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was great. Like, it was great. Yeah. It was, uh, cool, this would be my one shock thing if I if I remember like. It's just that yeah, I've had a lot of things a lot of things to remember recently. Wow, yeah, wow that's yeah. good, man. Having yeah. having a good week, Terence. Oh, shock things. Oh, shook the LA, LA, I mean, experiencing good things, like yeah. Cool, 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 cool. All right, man. Cool. This has been a this has been a fun one. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to y'all soon. <laughs>